spoke it into existence many years ago. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. We'll, we'll get started there today. Um, and so, uh, we got down to uh, uh, chapter 3 here. And um, we'll get over to chapter 3. Philippians, chapter 3 here. And um, we talked about the warning about uh, Paul had... Um, uh, there in verse 2 there and then we get down to verse 3 it says for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh and so we talked about that, that we as even though we're Gentiles we're not Jews but uh, we are the circumcision because Paul said the circumcision is of the heart in other words the Lord cut away the old heart and he gave us a new heart he said he called it a heart of flesh uh, and so and that happens when you receive the Lord Jesus. So when you receive the Lord Jesus, you get a brand new heart uh, and really a brand new spirit in that, right? <clears throat> and, um, uh, and so that's why we are the circumcision. So we chose to do that, amen? Uh, and uh, as in the Old Testament, where circumcision was a token or a, um, a mark for, uh, to acknowledge that you have uh, joined the covenant of Israel, uh, today, uh, really, water baptism fits that same uh, place as circumcision of the Old Testament did. It's not nearly as painful in the New Testament, though, is it, right? Uh, and so, uh, in the New Testament, uh, as a testimony of our acceptance of the Lord Jesus, we go and get water baptized, amen? Uh, and so, in the, in the Old Testament, uh, the men would be circumcised. So, um, in fact, we've not had a water baptism service here in a while, so... If anybody wants to be water baptized, let me know. You know, we'll, uh, if you do, we'll, we'll find the coldest day of the year and we'll go out to the, uh, out to the river there. And, uh, uh, and so, of course, sometimes when uh, Doris, when she had, opens up her pool for the summertime, we do it over there. So, uh, but um, I was actually water baptized in November of one year. Uh, and it was really cold. And so uh, you, you don't uh, stay under very long when you're getting water baptized in, in the lake there in November. So... Um, but, uh, you know, small wars are fought in the church about, about these things, right? Uh, yeah, 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 I've got some waiters there just for uh, bat, bat, baptizing people there. So, uh, and because, uh, you know, I don't want to get wet. Uh, I've already been baptized, so. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, we, get, we used those waiters first time, I think, when we baptized Jared many years ago. So, uh, but, you know, I'm not interested in, in arguing with people and, you know, people have different thoughts about these things. Uh, my desire is always to look at the whole counsel of God, not to build my doctrine based on a fragment of a verse, but, you know, see the big picture. You know, what's the purpose of circumcision uh, when, or the, uh, uh, water baptism? And if you follow both the doctrine and the precepts that we see in the book of Acts, you, can't, you have to come to the conclusion that water baptism is not required for salvation. Otherwise... Uh, it doesn't make any sense, right? Uh, uh, and, and really, uh, I think part of the issue is sometimes people look at the Word of God as, from a legalistic standpoint instead of a revelation standpoint. If you, because if you understand what happens when you get born again, that your spirit gets made brand new and then the Spirit of God comes into you, that has to happen in that order, right? And the reason you get born again is so that you're qualified to receive the Holy Spirit. And so... What's water baptism? What's, what's two molecules, two, two atoms of hydrogen, one, a, one atom of oxygen? What's that got to do with anything in the spirit realm? It doesn't have anything to do with it in the spirit realm. Uh, and so, but people will, will elevate that to a spiritual thing. I mean, it's a spiritual event in the sense that the Lord asks us to do that. Uh, but it doesn't have any spiritual, spiritual impact on you as far as causing you to be born again. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know... Uh, People uh, will oftentimes uh, dig trenches and uh, and fortify their their ideas and things and, and without really having an open heart. You know, we uh, we should always approach the Word of God with an open heart uh, and and not be so entrenched in our in our ideas that we're unwilling to to hear from the Word. Amen. I understand sometimes you can't hear from people, but I always want to hear from the Word. And if I have if I'm so set in concrete in my uh, idea of the Word then I never can add to what I know. I already know all that there is to know. Well, that's surely not true, right? And so, uh, 
Um, so uh, Paul said, we, we as the church, we are the circumcision. So not those who are circumcised in the flesh, but we which are circumcised in the spirit and of the heart. We worship, and that allows us and gives us the capacity to worship God in the spirit, which is one of the greatest blessings. David couldn't do it. None of the Old Testament saints could do it. Uh, nobody could do it until Jesus went to the cross and returned. Uh, and so now we have the capacity and the blessing to be able to worship God in the spirit. And therefore, we can rejoice in Christ Jesus. And he says, have no confidence in the flesh. Uh, and then he goes on and, and talks about why he has, why he would have the ability to and the reasons for him having the right to have confidence in the flesh. Uh, but uh, this, this, uh, this idea about having no confidence in the flesh, you know, um, I think uh, we had talked a little bit about this maybe even last week where somebody told me one time that, that if I have the capacity to do anything, the ability to do anything in this world other than uh, only be a minister, then I'm not qualified to be a minister. So they were implying that because I have an engineering degree, I would never be qualified to be a minister. Well, see, that's saying that, uh, that they have confidence in the flesh and, and, and they're turning the whole thing around that, uh, that they can look, look at themselves in that, in that way. And so it's just, it's really weird. Isn't that weird thinking, right? That, that because you're an intelligent human being, uh, and you use that intelligence to get to get a um, uh, to get a, a degree that God would disqualify you from being called into the ministry. That doesn't make any sense, you know. Uh, you know, uh, for me, uh, because you know I've got an engineering degree and, and I've always been good at academics, uh, those types of things. You know, if I want to do something, I just pick up a book and read it and learn it, and I do it. And, you know, and up, some people they they don't have that ability. They've got other abilities, but I can do that. You know, I pick it up and. And just take a test, you know, and just and just go do those things. And, and so, um, so it's, it's such a for me, it's such a minor thing to do, uh, and, and it's not even an important thing to do in my life. It's just that Lord's given me that ability to do that. Uh, and and so, um, but this this whole concept of having no confidence in the flesh, this is really such a, a big problem in the in the body of Christ that it's so pervasive, and, and a lot of times we don't even realize it, you know. And I think back on my own life about how in times and seasons where I had great confidence in my own flesh uh, and would say things like, well, I can do anything. I'm so smart I could do anything. I know you, none of you all ever said anything like that, right? Uh, and um, I mean, it's been like, like hours since I've said anything like that, right? Uh, no, it's been many, many years ago. But see, I used to have great confidence in the flesh because of, of my, my uh, abilities that the Lord has given to me. Uh, and look, it's... My abilities tend to be more in the academic side, but other people have abilities in, um, you know, working with their hands, or some people have abilities with music. Uh, and, and I mean, if if uh, I know uh, other people besides me have worked with uh, uh, singers and musicians over the years, uh, and sometimes they can be really difficult to work with, right? Because they're so talented that they think that 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 makes them special, right? Because of their uh, ability to sing or ability to play an instrument and, and I have met some amazing singers and met some amazing uh, uh, musicians over the years and, and I have noticed that oftentimes not every time and not even most of the time but oftentimes uh, I have uh, observed that uh, these people struggle with having confidence in the flesh that I am so talented therefore I must be important because of the talent but really all the talent uh, any talent that the Lord gives to you uh, and, and from my perspective, he's given everybody a talent, right? Whatever that is, you know, some people are just, uh, you know, some people uh, just have the talent to be very kind people. You ever notice that? You notice that? It just, they just ooze kindness. Uh, and, and I really have to work at that, you know. I just have to really work at just being extra kind, you know. And, and um, you know, uh, I know you all think it comes natural, but I've really had to work at that, you know. And just being just real personable, you know, I mean, uh, for me, I just really have to work at that, right? My wife came out of the womb like that, you know, uh, and I mean, she came out of the womb and, and the doctor spanked her and she said, thank you, doctor, I appreciate that, you know? I mean, just kind, you know, just that way, right? Uh, and, you know, when he did it to me, you don't do that outside? You can, come on, you know, that's the, that's the way I was raised. Uh, and so, uh, so you know, we, uh, some people, they have talents and abilities that come natural and then the other people, you have to work at it, you know, and, and, um, and, and that's fine, right? That's why we need each other, amen? Uh, I'm always looking at you all to see what you have in your life that I can add to my life. You know, the, the talents and abilities, not just natural things, but just spiritual things, right? Where people can always have a kind word to say about everybody and, you know, people like that just, I don't know, something wrong with them. But, but uh, you know, um, but, but Paul 
you know, if you look at Paul's resume, he, and he starts going through his resume, he talks about, you know, I, I have the right in one sense, and he's talking about from a natural standpoint, right? Uh, he's, not trying to, he's not bragging, but people would say, well, he's bragging, right? You know, I'm a Pharisee. Uh, well, he's just bragging. He's not bragging. He's trying to make the point that, look, uh, I've got these great talents and abilities, but then later on he goes, they don't mean anything to me. And if you can get to that point where, where the talents and abilities that you've got don't mean anything to you, that you have no confidence in your flesh, then you're at a good place, amen? Uh, and so I just wanted to go through a couple, uh, a couple verses here uh, in relation to this. Let's turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians because it, it's really easy to wake up and, and um, find yourself having confidence in the flesh. And I see this in things like uh, in the area of even divine health and divine healing. How many times people, you know, uh, they'll, say, they'll talk about when it comes to healing, well, I sleep well, I eat well, I exercise every day, you know, I eat very little red meat, you know, I, I drink lots of water. Well, what are, what's every one of those things? Confidence in the flesh, right? My abilities, my... And look, anything wrong with eating good food? I love good food, right? I mean, would you rather eat good food or bad food? I'd much rather eat good food, right? But um, my confidence is not in what I eat. My confidence in healing is in the healing power of God, Jehovah Rapha. If I add to that and say, I must drink eight glasses of uh, eight ounce, eight, 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 eight ounce glasses of water, a, a day, isn't that the, the general principle, right? Eight, eight ounces uh, in order to be healthy. Well, that's great. What about the guy over in, in wherever, a third world country, who, who hasn't seen a clean glass of water in his life? What about him? Is he stuck? Is he is it too bad for him? Right? What about 10,000 steps a day? You know, I mean, who comes up with these numbers anyway? I mean, you, you know, if you look at the research where these things came from, they're just made up, right? Some guy, you know, the 10,000 steps was... Some guy in Japan just put it in some article somewhere and, and the world, it just crossed the world, right? And all of a sudden, you know, uh, 10,000, why not 8,000? Why not 11,000? Why not 2,634, right? Uh, but, uh, and, and look, I got no problem with that. I like, I like going out walks. I like walking with my wife and, you know, and, and um, doing things like that. I like hiking. I like outdoorsy things. Uh, but I do it because I enjoy them. Not because I see that as, as my confidence in order to stay healthy, I'm going to do these things. Now, any doctors, you know, and we might probably don't have any doctors watching today, but doctor would be like, you know, he's just, he's just telling them a, lot, a lie, right? You've got to do these things. Well, you know, I, I don't live in the natural. I live in the spirit realm. I, I live by the word of God, amen? And, and now, uh, I know on the other extreme, people will, will tempt God. Right? They will go, well, I'm going to just eat donuts every day for forever. And, and, and if what you said is true, then I can have a donut diet, diet. Well, no, now you're tempting God because you're outside of, of reason. Right? Is it reasonable to eat donuts every day? No, because your body does crave certain foods. And if your body craves protein, it wants protein. If your body craves water, it wants water. I mean, it's, it's, for the most part, it tells you what it needs and wants and uh, in, a, in a reasonable way, right? Now, sometimes those things can get out of balance. But, uh, but Paul says, have no confidence in the flesh. And that's, that's a lot bigger problem, I think, than people realize. Because, you know, I can handle it, is often uh, is said in situations. I can take care of it. Uh, and, and the problem with a statement like that is, well, well, that may be true. You may have the intelligence or the fortitude or the gumption to handle it. But you, but you have in you... The great helper, right? First uh, John 4, 4 says that greater is he that's in you than he that's where? In the world. So, so is that a true statement? Is, is the, well, who's in you? Well, the Holy Spirit's in you, right? Is he really greater? Is he really greater than everybody else in the world? Well, he is, right? So, and would that include you too? Greater is he that's in me than everybody in the world except for myself. I'm pretty good, you know. You know and, and, uh, but when we say, Lord, I can handle it, you know, and uh, that, that's just confidence in the flesh. And, and it's really a very prideful statement because, and it's not just prideful, but it it's, it's a, a very, shows a very uh, lack of intelligence. Why would you want to handle it if one that greater than you is in you who could handle it much better than you can? Why, why, would, you want to, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to, to step in place of him when he's got the, the intelligence, you know, the ability to do it? Uh, you know, why, why would you want to do that, you know? And, and, of course, a lot of it is, you know, pride, and some of it is just 
you know, especially for men, you know, we're going to be the men, you know, many men, right? And, and um, <clears throat> we're not going to let anybody walk over us. And, and uh, you know, I, I remember uh, growing up and somebody offered us charity sometime. I don't even remember what the, what the context of it was. Uh, but I, I remember my dad getting mad and said, we're not going to take any charity. You know, we don't need anybody's charity. And I'm, I'm like six or something like this. And I'm thinking as a six-year-old, uh, yeah, we do, right? I mean, we don't, we, we don't get to eat great food. And, you know, we had government surplus food and powdered eggs and powdered milk and, you know, uh, that kind of food. And, and um, I mean, I, I don't remember even having a steak until I was, a, a, you know, a, an adult, you know or at least a teenager, uh, and after my parents passed away, that type of thing, you know. And I remember we moved from Tennessee to, moved from New Hampshire to Tennessee, and so it was a two-day journey, right? And, and uh, uh, my mom drove like the 76 Impala, and um, so, of course, you didn't wear seatbelts back then. Anybody wear seatbelts when they're growing up, right? No, we wore seatbelts back there, right? Jared did, I mean, uh, it was large. You had to put them in bubble wrap, it seemed like, you know, and duct tape them up, and, you know, in case anything happened, but... Uh, but you know, uh, so but we stopped somewhere and, to eat uh, along the way, and we stopped it was like uh, it's like a Denny's, and I remember I ordered like scrambled eggs and bacon, and you thought that I had just stolen uh, gold from the Fort Knox. I mean, my brothers and sisters got so mad at me, how dare you get so much food, you know? Uh, and I mean, to this day, you know, that was in 1976, right? Uh, to the, just I remember distinctly how mad they were because I, I dared to get that much food right at the restaurant uh, and so uh, <laughs> but, um, so life is hard right and, and uh, but uh, what's that that's so sad right <laughs> so uh, anyway it's uh, all is well right and I remember uh, when I was uh, when I got to be a teenager and um, you know started noticing that there were uh, girls in the world and thinking you know I I, I really you know, uh, not to be extreme or anything, but I really wanted to take a bath more than once a week. You know, but by that time, you know, I was in junior high, I was still taking a bath once a week. Uh, and um, so I started taking baths like, you know, I mean, it was, it was kind of insane, but like two times a week, you know, sometimes three if I was really extravagant. And I remember, you know, again, one of my brothers, you know, just quit wasting so much water. You know, you just think you're all that, you're wasting all that water. And, <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, life was hard, right? And so, um, <clears throat> but, um, and water's cheap, right? I mean, how cheap is water? I mean, it's nearly free, right? Especially back then, it's nearly free. But um, how dare you, you know, uh, not smell when you go to school? Uh, and so, um, <clears throat> uh, but um, now, you know, I, I, I make up for it now. You know, I bought me a tankless water heater. I take as long showers as I want to. And if anybody says anything about it, you know, it's none of your business. I'm going to take, you know. I may stay here to dinner time. Just don't don't uh, tempt me, right? And so, uh, but um, um, <clears throat> so here we are in First Corinthians uh, chapter one or Second Corinthians chapter one. It says in verse eight. So Paul says, "For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that that we were pressed out of measure. So they were burdened out of measure, above strength, and so much that we despaired even of life. So." You know, the thing I like about Paul is he was never shy to tell us the things that he dealt with, right? He was never shy about, you know, because some Christians say, how's it going? Perfect. Everything's perfect. Everything perfect. Oh, yeah, everything. You ever had, don't deal with anything? Nope. Everything's perfect, right? Uh, now, in my life, I have no drama, but I deal with a lot of things. But I deal with them with no drama. You know, they come and they go, and if they try to bring drama into my life, I don't, I don't accept it. Uh, that's different, right? That's, that's still offering by faith. I still have things to deal with, but I'm just never under any pressure about it. And so... But, but he said, they were pressed above, in so much that we despaired even of life. You know, are we even going to make it? Are we going to survive this situation? So that's, that's dire circumstances, right? Uh, but he said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That's, a, that's an interesting phrase. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. And what does he mean by that? In other words, he has cho chosen, and we say this phrase sometimes in a different way. We say we die to ourselves. And, you know, that, that's an okay phrase, you know. Um, it, sometimes it can kind of be misconstrued. Uh, but I like the way Paul said it. We have the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves. In other words, so, so uh, basically he's dead, right? And, and there's no value in him depending on himself. Uh, and uh, that, that's really a good place to be. Now, Paul, when we get back to chapter 3 of Philippians, we'll see that he gives us a resume 
of his talents and abilities that he was well able to, to deal with things, right? Uh, and now the Lord, you know, the Lord was able to use Paul's, uh, he was a Pharisee, right? And so as a Pharisee, he was a student of the word of God, right? So he, he did know the word, knew the word very well, and the Lord was able to use that to advance the gospel, right? Uh, and, you know, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, sometimes people act like, you know, you can't be a student of the word, you can't study the word, you know. And, and I know you can go to the point where everything's an academic exercise and, and that gets out of balance, right? Where we start talking about, you know, Greek and Hebrew words all the time. And, and, and I mean, I was I reading a whole bunch of stuff today on, on present participle verbs. And I know that's super exciting, right? Uh, but, uh, but I'm not going to have a long dissertation on what a pre- present participle verb is because you all don't care, right? And, and, and really, I don't care, except I'm trying to find out why this is important, right? Somebody thinks this is important, so I'm going to find out why this is important. And, and then, th- then I'll translate that, you know, to where it becomes useful to us. But, uh, and so, but Paul had the sentence of death in ourselves. So, uh, so for us, that's a question for you and me. Do I have the sentence of death in myself? Do I look at myself, that's a dead man walking right there. He's of no value to my life. That, that's the attitude we need to have, that when we look at ourselves, that I am of no value in and of myself to, to fix the situation, to overcome the situation, I must look to the Lord. Uh, and, and, and so, really, it needs to be a, a natural part of our life and not only when things are beyond our ability, right? Not only when, because we're going to look at what Jesus said here in just a minute. Because some people are like, Lord, I, you know, I could take it from here. You ever seen people do that or even ever done that yourself? You know, Lord, I could take it from here. Uh, and, and well, why were you doing that? He, uh, the, the Hebrew or the, the Greek word for, here we go, Greek words, right? Greek word for comforter that Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit was paraclete. He, he's a comforter, but he's also the helper, right? That's one of the definitions of paraclete is he's a helper. So uh, it's always easier with two people, amen? You can do it yourself sometimes, but sometimes it's just way easier with two people, amen? And it's not, not just twice as fast. Sometimes it's way faster than, than just twice as fast if you, if you allow the helper to help. Now, you know, as the helper, that means he's not uh, the only doer, right? That means you have a part to play in that. And generally speaking, our part to play in that is to have faith, and his part to play in that is to do his part, right? Which is to strengthen or to, to, or, or to deliver or to give us revelation, uh, whatever that is. But, we sh- but he said that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raised the dead. So he's basically saying, look, if we die, he just raised us from the dead. You know, he, he basically come to the conclusion, I'm not going to trust in myself, even to the point of death, because if, if I do what I know I'm supposed to do, and I go where I know I'm supposed to go, if they kill me, I'll be raised. And was Paul actually raised from the dead one time? He was, right? And remember in Acts 14, right? They stoned him, left him for dead, and the, the boys are all sitting around talking about him. Uh, what are we going to do now? I don't know. Let's go fishing, right? That's what Peter did. Uh, and then the Bible said, Paul got up, went to go preach. Uh, and they're like, oh, I guess we're preaching again today, boys. Uh, so God raised Paul from the dead. He got stoned. And so, you know, he learned that, look, kill me. If it's not my time to go, I'll still be raised from the dead. Uh, and, and I, you know, uh, from my perspective, even, even that story, sometimes I think about when I look at the ministry of Jesus. And I know I mention this every now and then uh, because it's still, it's still a question in my heart. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the answer to this question. Yeah, but when I look at the ministry of Jesus, how many times did they attempt to kill him before the cross? Many times, right? Try to stone him, right? One time they carried him up to the edge of the uh, city to throw him off the cliff. Uh, and every time they did that, what did he do? He walked to the midst of them, right? So they never actually harmed him until he allowed them to harm him, right? Which is the cross. Uh, and, and is that a place that we can be? Is that a place that we can get to in our lives where... Because Jesus would put himself in a position that, yeah, they had the potential to harm him, but they never did. Paul would put himself in a position where they could harm them, and they killed him, right? And so, you know, does that mean that Paul's faith was less than Jesus? Was that, you know, was that a place for growth that Paul could have gotten to where even if they tried to kill him, he could just walk through the midst of him? You know, I think that's a, uh, that's a question I ponder in my heart on a regular basis. Not that I'm going to go find some place that people try to kill me and, and see what happens, you know. But, you know, I, I do ponder that question on occasion because when I look at the example of Jesus, they never touched him, never harmed him, even though he was in circumstances where they could have and tried to many times. Uh, and yet every time without failure, 
they didn't lay a finger on him, right? I suspect, my, my heart tells me that I suspect that that's where we could be. Right? Now, Paul was stoned, left for dead, but I believe that there's a place that we can get to even beyond Paul uh, uh, that we could put ourselves in the same position to Paul and, and not, uh, not, not, uh, not be there. Because sometimes the Lord would say, uh, you need to leave because they're, they're going to harm you. And I think that was just a realization of where Paul was at in his faith walk with the Lord. Now, you know, you may have a different opinion about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I look at both the examples uh, of what I see in the word as well as the doctrine that's written in the word. Amen. Because he said uh, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Isn't that what he says? Right. Uh, and so. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to disparage Paul. Well, I, you know, if Paul, was, if Paul had been strong in faith like Jesus, he would have ever got killed. Well, you know, I'm not going to start uh, running Paul down and talking about all of his failures as if that was a failure. I'm just going to leave it alone. And I can say, well, you know, I suspect that we have an opportunity for, for even greater faith in that. Uh, and so, but, but why did Paul, why was Paul able to get to the point where that he should not trust in God or not trust in himself, but trust in God which raised the dead? Well, then he tells, he tells his testimony because he says in verse 10, who delivered us, is that past or present tense or future tense? That's past tense, right? So, He's talking about what the Lord has done for him. He, he delivered us, who delivered us from so great a death. And doth deliver is doth, uh, uh, that word doth is uh, does, right? Is does present, past, or future? Not test, right? It's present tense, right? He does. He does it right now. So he did it before. He's doing it right now. And then what's he say after that? He says, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. So is yet delivering, is that uh, past, present, or future? Future, right? So Paul said he did it before. He's doing it right now. And I, and I have full confidence he'll do it tomorrow. And so that's, that's why Paul was able to get to a point where he, he didn't trust in himself. Boys, we'll figure it out. You know, we, we'll get out of this on our, on our own. Uh, and so uh, um, let, let's turn over to John chapter 5. Uh, and, and, I, and I really think that John chapter 5 is why... Jesus was able to walk through the midst of all those people all the time. Uh, because I, I suspect that Paul, like the rest of us, it's a work in progress where we're, we're learning every day to trust in the Lord more and less in our own selves. But Jesus here himself, let's, uh, let's start in verse 9, uh, John chapter 5, verse 19. Uh, it says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. So who's the Son? It's Jesus, right? He's talking about himself. The son can do nothing, nothing of himself. So you think about that statement. He can do nothing of himself. Nothing? I mean, nothing means what? Nothing, right? So he couldn't preach. He couldn't teach. He couldn't lay hands on the sick. He couldn't raise the dead. He couldn't prophesy. He, he couldn't have words of wisdom or words of knowledge. He couldn't have, you know, special faith. Nothing. So he was of no value to the Lord, in and, of, and, and yet, at the same time, you reckon Jesus was an intelligent human being? I mean, he was probably like the smartest person ever, I imagine. You know, I just can imagine that uh, he, he, living by that sin nature, uh, was, he was probably just intellectually, uh, no doubt in my mind, the most intelligent human being on the earth, right, at that, at that point in time. Uh, and yet, uh, you reckon he was strong physically? I mean, he had no sin nature in him, so he probably not, didn't have a single germ or virus that wasn't supposed to i mean sometimes we have germs in our bodies that do good things right but he probably had no foreign substance in the body that was trying to kill him physically uh you think about the glory of god that he rested in every day and so you think from a physical specimen uh standpoint you think he was the strongest or one of the uh, at least one of the healthiest human beings probably the healthiest human being on the earth at that time right uh, and yet uh he could do nothing of himself nothing you know, I think that's, to, to me, I, I like what Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 1, but I even like what Jesus said more here because he makes it such an absolute statement. I can of my own self do nothing, right? The Son can do nothing of himself. Uh, and so, uh, but what he seeth the Father do. So, so that tells us that everything that Jesus did, he did it by direction. So uh, you remember when he went to the pool of Bethesda, right? And there's a multitude there. And he went and healed the man, the single man at the pool of Bethesda and left everybody else there 
sick, right? Because they were all there sick, right? They were all there hoping for the stirring of the waters there in John chapter 5. Uh, well, we're in John chapter 5, at the beginning part of John chapter 5, uh, where they wait for the stirring of the waters. So why did Jesus pick the one guy out? What the Father told them to do. Well, didn't, uh, what about all the other people? To, from, from Jesus' perspective, it's neither here nor there. The Father wanted him to go, you go pray for that one man there. Okay. What about all the other people? Uh, it's, it's, you know, he just had to leave it alone, right? Uh, and so... You know, in that, uh, you know, just in a, in a small way, you know, I remember years ago, my pastor uh, would have me to, to talk if people come and needed stuff for the church, you know, need help from the church. And um, I, it was really, really hard for me to say no. Just, you know, someone come in and, and I mean, you, you know the stories, right? I mean, everybody comes in with, this, with, this, with the most amazing stories, right? Just, you know, the car was attacked by aliens, you know, and, and, and you know, the crop failed and, you know, the, the cattle were eaten by locusts. I mean, it's like, what? No, you know, it's amazing stories, right? Uh, you know, can I get some money? Uh, and and I, it was just really hard for me to say no. You know, and then, of course, I became a pastor myself. And then I had to deal with those people, uh, continue dealing with those people. Uh, and, and so, you know, the balance that I had to find was not to get jaundiced. Because it would be really easy to get just kind of bitter, you know, Everybody walks in, you know, they're probably lying. They're all lying. You know, I ain't helping nobody. Uh, because you hear the most amazing stories, right? I mean, one, just recently somebody said, hey, can you help me? You know, uh, I need money. Well, what do you need money for? I need, I need gas money to go uh, to the oncologist. I said, well, what you, what's wrong with you? I got stage four lung cancer. And they walked into the church with no oxygen tank or anything. Stage four lung cancer. Not stage one. Not just found out yet. You know, stage four lung cancer. And they just walked from the, from the parking lot, you know, into the church, you know, without the aid of oxygen or wheelchairs or anything. I mean, you know, uh, that alone was probably a miracle by itself, right? Uh, and so I see that every day, right? I mean, not, I mean, not literally every day, but, but on a regular basis, people come in with these amazing stories, right? One person needed money to drive down, to drive themselves down to Chattanooga to uh, get uh, their treatment for brain cancer. It's like, you got brain, you're driving, you got brain cancer, you got, you're an amazing human being, Right? Uh, and of course, you know, I could be real snarky like that to people if I wanted to be, but I, I don't because they're humans, right? Even if they're lying, they're still human beings. Uh, and so, so the balance that I found over the years is, well, Lord, what do you want me to do? See, I can't have my own self do nothing because if, if it was me, it'd be like the compassion and just the compassion for humanity would be like, well, help everybody, right? I don't know if the Bible says uh, give to everyone who has need, but everything is also predicated on the idea that we're led by the Spirit of God, Amen. Uh, and so, because I, I do give to everyone that I need. I give what the Lord says to give them. Sometimes giving them is the answer no, right? I'm still giving them something, right? I'm giving them an answer that will help them. Uh, and so, what I have found for me that works great is, Lord, what do you want to do? If he says help them, then I help them. What if they're lying? I don't care. What if they're going to go do some of that money? They, oh, it doesn't matter to me. The Lord says do it. I just do it. But then on the other hand, what if he says no? Then I say no. Don't you feel bad? Not even a lick. Not, not a hair. Not, I don't feel bad. Why? Because I can't do it. I don't know. Because he, he says, I just do whatever I see my father do. So if the Lord says, don't help him. Well, now, if he, if he wants to tell me why, he can tell me why. But he's not required to tell me why. But as the head of this church, he is kind of required to tell me what to do, right? Because it, uh, if I can't do another thing of myself and I just do what the, I see the father do, then I've got to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this case? And yeah, I, I to see what the father does. Uh, and, and, and really, if you, do, if you live that way, I'm under no pressure. Never under pressure. People say, no, don't you feel bad? Not a bit. Not even, not even you, you know, but their baby's not going to eat. You know, I, I don't even go there because, number one, that's unlikely, right? What if it's true? Still, it's not, it's, 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 it's I do as I see the Father do. And I leave it at that, right? Because if, if I try to do it myself, We'll, we'll fill out this, this resume and let me get your, your, your monthly income and let me find out what your bills are and then we'll figure out the differences and we'll see where we, that's, you know, we'd be here forever, right? We're not, we're not doing that. And, you know, have people come in here and told me a story? I mean, you know, to be honest, the, probably the vast majority of people come in here have told me stories, right? Uh, uh, and uh, well, aren't you jaundiced? And, you know, no. I mean, the Lord said to help them, I'll help them. If the Lord says, don't help them, I don't help them. It's, it's really simple, right? And sometimes, you know, your emotions are 
tugged on a little bit, you know. Someone comes in with their, you know, two-year-old daughter or something, and, and, and you know, you can see they're not well cared for, and, uh, and your heart goes out for them. But, you know, that's not my response. That's the responsibility of the parents, right? That's, the, that's on the parents. They should be taking care of that. And, and again, uh, I'm not going to allow my emotions, because if, if, if I'm led by emotions, then, then I trust in myself. I trust in my emotions to tell me what to do. Uh, and so, so Jesus could walk through a hundred people, a hundred sick people. The Jehovah Rapha walked through a hundred sick people to get to the man at the pool of Bethesda. And, and you know, these were desperate people, right? The, the man couldn't even, uh, as bad as he was, he couldn't get down. You, you surely there was, after all, when the multitude, surely there was somebody worse off even than he was. Uh, and Jesus stepped right over, walked right by all of them. And went to the one man and healed the one man and then left. Just left. Well, that's uncaring. It's not uncaring. It's, it's he just, whatever the Father says to do, right? And if we could learn to live that way, life is way, e- I mean, so easy. Just so easy. Uh, it's just, you just do what you're told. You know, some people, you know, in the natural world, uh, they just want to do what they're told all the time. And, and, and you know, they don't, want, they don't want to have any responsibilities. Well, that's, that's different. You know, they're not, they're not trusting in the Lord. They're trusting in other men. Last thing you want to do is trust for other men, right? I had a friend of mine one time said, uh, uh, he said, hey, uh, if you ever see me do anything wrong, you know, tell me. Now, that sounds like a reasonable request, right? And I said, there's no way I am doing that. I am not your Holy Ghost. Because see, what he want to do now is not trust in himself and not trust in the Lord, but trust in me. Well, you're going to trust me to be your conscience? I mean, there's no way. You're like, hey, Go rob that bank as long as you tithe, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, you, you don't need to trust in me. Of course, I would never tell you to do that. Obviously, I know, but, but, um, uh, but here Jesus said that. that to me, that's one of the most amazing statements, right? Uh, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doth, uh, these also doth the Son likewise. So whatever the Father's doing, that's what the Son's going to do. If the Father's not doing it, he's not doing it. If the Father is doing it, that's what he's doing. And he repeats that same statement again in verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. So people say, you know, you can't judge me. I'm not judging you. The Lord's judging you, right? You know, if the Lord tells me something about somebody, I'm not judging you. The Lord's already judged you, right? He's just, I'm just telling you what he said. You, know, you can't judge me. I'm not judging you. If the Lord says it now, if, if, if I extrapolate on that and say, well, you know, you don't deserve to go to heaven. Well, now I'm judging you, right? I'm, I'm standing in a position I don't belong. And I say for my own self, that, you know, I am no man's judge. But the Lord is everyone's judge. If he tells me, hey, what they're doing is wrong, then what they're doing is wrong. Now, could I miss it? Surely I could miss it, right? I, I am not a perfect person. But to my, the, the best of my ability, uh, I'm not looking to my own self trying to figure out the angle and trying to understand the person and their background and the makeup, you know, where they came from, the history. And that is a waste of time, right? We live in a supernatural world with a supernatural God. And he is well able to, to help us in these things, right? He says, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Uh, and, and that right there, if we can live that way, that if, instead of seeking our own will, uh, if we would seek the will of the Father, our lives would become so easy. You know, and, and I don't know if I could stress this nearly enough, that no matter what comes your way, if you just rest in the Lord and trust in Him, you just, it's, it's, it's a, everything, everything is a non-issue. Everything is, is, is not a big deal, right? And, and, you know, we used to go on um, uh, mission trips with my pastor. And he said, you know, you can always tell where people are at on the third day. First day, everybody's super spiritual. Second day, they're still tired, you know. Third day, they start crying. Okay, now we know where they're at, right? Uh, and we'd go on these mission trips third day you know just crying it's so weeping right just it's so hard it was really the women i know crying but all the women weren't crying but the ones that were crying were women right and so just it's so hard you know so hot and there's bugs and it's itchy and you know the food is bad just crying you know just uh, and um uh you know i told you the story about the the fella uh said uh, on on our way to the airport you know i'm from texas <laughs> You know, and I think God just has a sense of humor. I, I know he has a sense of humor because this fellow, I'm from Texas. I can handle anything because we're going to Africa, right? And so, you know, things aren't as easy over there as they are here, right? So, you know, you can't just go and just get things, right? And so, um, and I just kind of made a mental note. 
right, you know, I, could, I didn't say anything, right? Because, you know, because you can get yourself in trouble too. Oh, well, that, you're just being in pride. Well, you're judging, right? right? So I just leave it alone, right? But I made a mental note. Texas, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we get, we, get, we get there and they split us up because there was a, a big group of us. And those that weren't from Texas got to stay in this nice uh, uh, home that they, they bought just for visiting missionaries, right? And so uh, it was back in Jerry. That was the first trip me and Jerry went on together. We had our own room, had a bathroom with running hot water, right? Had a fully stocked refrigerator. You know, because you buy, you bring, you bring survival food, right? All the important stuff like Pop-Tarts. You know, Pop-Tarts can make it through nuclear war. And it's still going to be Pop-Tarts, right? And so you bring Pop-Tarts. You bring Beanie Weenies, right? Uh, you, don't buy, you don't bring Vienna sausages because they're gross, right? Anybody like Vienna sausages? You know, I, you know, sardines, you know, you don't bring stuff like that. People did, but, you know, uh, it's, I don't know what's wrong with them. But anyway, so, uh, but uh, peanut butter, peanut butter is great, right? Uh, I love peanut butter, still love peanut butter. But anyway, so we had, well, we didn't eat any of it because not only did we have a fully stocked fridge, we were fairly close to the pastor's house. And so every night he would just uh, cook this huge spread for us, fried chicken, you know, good fried chicken, uh, and uh, mashed potatoes. I mean, we were like back in America. Uh, and so we didn't, have the, we didn't eat the food that was in our refrigerator. We didn't eat the food that we brought with us. Uh, well, Texas, right? Uh, he gets stuck in, in, not in a house, not even in a bedroom. He got stuck in an office. That was his, where he stayed on a cot, not a bed, not a mattress, a cot, right? You remember those, those army cots, right? It's just two pieces of wood with, with cloth in them. That was his bed, right? Uh, and, and then... His bathroom was outside, down the hill, no lights, no hot water, no paper products, right? Everything had to be imported. Uh, and so, um, and that was where he was at. Uh, and then uh, he, he, like the second day, he ate every Pop-Tart he owned, you know. And so, because his host wasn't even feeding him uh, at all, none, you know. And, and, and didn't have a refrigerator because he was at an office. And so, so of course, you know. Not that any of us would just rag him because of that, but we all did, right? Oh, yeah, because we was like, oh, you should, oh, we got it so hard at our house. You know, we got all this room, and, and um, you know, we got a living room we can sit in, just enjoy it, you know, relax in there. And because um, I think the Lord's got a sense of humor, right? And so we all thought it was the funniest thing ever. Uh, well, about the, uh, it was like the third day that we were there. It's like a Tuesday. I think we got there on a weekend or something. And like by Tuesday, he, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, and he's, I'm going back to your place. Well, you can't, you can't get our, you know, because we're all in this tiny little car. All the cars by law are small, right? And so, you can, you, so we're in this tiny little Nissan car. And, and he was not a small fella, right? He was probably me plus about 50 or 60 pounds, right? Uh, and so uh, he, uh, I'm getting in that car. You can't fit in this car. I'm getting in that car. And so he got in that car, and every bump we hit, the wheels were banging on the wheel wells, you know. And, and we were crammed in like sardines, you know. And, and uh, he walked in. And he, and, and he nearly cussed when he walked in. He just, you know, saw this place we were staying in compared to where he was staying at. And, and, uh, but I think the Lord's got a sense of humor in that. Because anytime you say, you know, I'm from Texas or something like that, right, I can handle that. You know, the, the Lord's like, well, you know, I'm not going to let him kill you, but we're going to have a little fun with this, you know. Now, will he do that? I don't know. I just, if I was the Lord, that's what I would do, you know, because... Uh, because the example that Jesus gave us, to me, is such an amazing example. I can of my own self do nothing. I have said that phrase so many times in my own prayer life. Lord, I can of my own self do nothing. I can of my own, I cannot do this, Lord. And not in a, people say that like oftentimes in a desperate way. Lord, I can't handle it. That's not what he's saying. You think Jesus could handle things? I mean, he was the most intelligent, strongest, wisest person on the earth. He still said, I can of my own self do nothing. He had the ability to do it, right? He had the ability to do, to do these things. He had faith, right? Just his faith alone in, in the Lord could have got him across the line many times. But, you know, he didn't use his own faith. I can of my own self do nothing. Whatever the Father tells me to do, that's what I do. If he tells me don't do it, I don't do it. And, and that is such a, if you want to live in peace in your life, just do what you're told. By the Spirit of God, just do what you, by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, if you just do what you're told, then, then you know, if he, if he sends you into a place where uh, it looks like he's putting you in harm's way. Lord, I can't, you know, I couldn't do it before. I can't do it now. So, uh, yeah, and we don't have to do, make silly things like, well, Lord, if I die, you know, at least I'm going with you. See, I wouldn't make that deal. I mean, Lord, if you're sending me there, then, then my expectation is that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver me out of them all, all, 
Right? Not some, not part of the times. And so I have no interest in ever being a martyr. Uh, and really, e even being a martyr, uh, are there martyrs? There are surely martyrs. Even today, there are martyrs. But I, I still wonder if there's not faith that we're leaving on the table where we don't have to be a martyr. Jesus said there would be martyrs, but he never said it's my will that there be martyrs. Right? He said, my desire is that they're martyrs. He just said there are people that, that will lose their life you know, on my, uh, on my behalf. And, and people do that. E even today, right? in our world today, people are dying uh, for the name of the Lord Jesus. I wonder if there's, uh, if there's not a place where we can get to where if we could get to the place where we could say, I can of my own self do nothing. If, I, if I'm going in harm's way, then my expectation is me, the angels, and the Spirit of God will be fine going in, will be fine going out. Nobody touched Jesus going in, nobody touched Jesus going out. Because uh, he said uh, over there in, uh, let's see if we can find it there, in, in uh, John chapter 10, um, he says in John chapter 10, verse 17, uh, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, the, the authority, that's what the word power there, the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. And so, Jesus was always in charge. Nobody ever got one over on Jesus. And I just, I just sense in my heart that that's a place that the church can get to. You know, I don't know that, that uh, we have really arrived there. You know, I don't know that... Uh, um, and I don't, think it's, I don't think it's a place that we could never arrive at. I really believe this is a place that we can, we can get to where uh, I, I lay down my life for the Lord and, uh, and I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received from my Father. So if we just want to go home, we'll go home. If we don't want to go home... We don't go home because we've, we've already laid down our lives for the Lord uh, and, and we leave it at that. Uh, and so I wanted to read uh, John, back in John uh, 5.19, I wanted to read this in another translation. This is the Rotherham tra translation. Uh, well, I'll go back and read the King James first again in uh, John 5.19. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doth, these also doth the Son likewise. The Rotherham translation says, Jesus therefore answered and went on to say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son cannot be doing of himself a single thing, save anything he may see the Father doing. For whatsoever he, he may be doing, these things the Son also in like manner does. So, so the Son cannot be doing of himself a single thing. So uh, does that mean he's doing nothing? That means you're sitting around being a lump. I mean, that's how some people do nothing, right? Is they literally do nothing. No, did Jesus do a lot of things? Jesus did many, many things, right? In fact, John said that if he wrote everything down, he, he doesn't think the world could contain the books, right? Uh, no, he was, he was just uh, being a little hyperbolic in that. But, um, but uh, Jesus did a lot of things. He crammed a lot of things in those three and a half years, things that we'll, that we'll never know about until we get to heaven, right? Uh, and, and yet Jesus said... Uh, he cannot be doing of himself a single thing. Not a single thing, right? Uh, and so are you doing anything in this life? Are you working? Are you parenting? Are you leading? Are you praying? Are you studying? You know, are you buying? Are you selling? Are you doing things in this life? Well, we're all doing things. How many of those things are you doing of yourself? How many of those things are you doing in your strength, in your intelligence, your ability, your training, your education, your, your skills, how many of these you're doing? In, are you trusting in yourself in those things? See, see, uh, uh, we can still utilize our talents and abilities. God gave them to us, but in in the utilization of those talents and abilities, we still have an eye that Lord, it, it's all up to you, right? Everything is up to you. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm not. Uh, I'm not um, gonna uh, be successful on my own. And and, um, and really, if I fail, it's kind of on you, right? Not not that. We want to blame God for our failures, but, you know, uh, when, uh, after Brother Hagen started Raymond Bible Training Center, you know, it grew real quickly, right? I think the first class was like 58 people, you know, doubled, tripled every year for many years until they got, I don't know, a couple thousand students there. Uh, and so as it grew quickly, they had to buy and build more land, build more buildings. And so a friend of his was, uh, was visiting the campus one time, and he was taking on a golf, golf cart and saying, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this. Yeah. And the fellow looked at him and said, I, I bet you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders. 
And Brother Ed said, no, I don't have any weight on my shoulders. He said, I didn't want to do this to begin with. He said, if it fails, he said, I'm just going to go around and tell the, tell the world, to tell, the, tell uh, America, you know, that, that uh, God didn't come through. Because he told me to do this. So if he told me to do it, then he's responsible for making it happen, right? Now, that sounds like a kind of a pat answer, but that's the way he lived. He was never under any pressure, right? Uh, in all the years that uh, I followed Brother Hagin when he's alive, when he's alive not a single time that he begged for money. And yet he had huge bills, millions of dollars, right? You know, things, his bills, they come through and they got lots and lots of zeros at the end of it. Amen. Uh, and, uh, you know, he would on occasion tell people, hey, we're working on this project. If you'd like to give, that'd be great, you know, towards this project. You know, we're putting new carpet in all the buildings or whatever it is. But he would never beg for money, right? How many ministries do you see begging for money, right? Uh, and, and as if, if they don't use their emotions, they can't get any money from you. And to me, that's like a, you know, turn the channel. I don't, you know, don't want to hear that. You know, you got to beg me for money. You don't beg me for money because if the Spirit of God tells me to give you money, it's not, not got anything to do with your emotions, you know. But people don't, they don't know how to, see that's, when people do that, they're trusting in themselves. They're trusting in their ability to use their emotions to pull on your emotions to get you to give them money. And so they're really just 100% trusting in themselves uh, and uh, and it's really easy to do, you know, because the pressure is there, right? It's it's a machine, you know. Once the, once the Bible school was started, it was a machine. It took a lot of money to run that Bible school. The the tuition only covered about half of the uh, of the expenses of that ministry. Uh, and so, um, but you know, that's another, another discussion there. So so you know, in, in that, um, uh, and we may just finish a minute early here because. We've got to get into the, the next parts of things. Um, there was, it was interesting. I was just reading some commentary about some of these things. And uh, one minister that I respect, actually, I won't name him because I don't want to disparage anybody. But they, they said, uh, when Paul was talking about uh, you know, trusting in himself there um, and having no confidence in the flesh. He said, well, when, uh, as, as he starts going through these lists of things, he said, it's obvious that Paul, uh, you remember the story when Paul was heading towards Jerusalem and he had prophesied a couple of different times, hey, don't go there, right? And in fact, he says in every city that he went to, they said, don't go. And he said, well, he missed it. He, he, he went outside the will of God to Jerusalem and then backslid for five years. And Paul backslid for five years. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I was, I was really, I, I read it and reread it trying to understand why he came to, and I could not, Come to, I couldn't figure out why he came because I can't see that, right? I mean, in those five years, Paul wrote many of the epistles. Uh, and you think the Lord would inspire him to write epistles if he's, if he's backslidden? Because he said he, he was uh, actually backslidden, right? Uh, in an apostate position. That, that means he's backslidden, right? Yeah, I just don't know God granting uh, significant scriptural level revelation to backsliders, do you? Uh, but... Um, Anyway, so it was, it was an interesting. Sometimes you find that you know you're going along and everything's fine, and it's like, what, what, where'd you, where'd you come up with that? You know, uh, and uh, sometimes they throw you for a loop there. But uh, uh, and so, but you know, sometimes it's helpful to see what other people think about things. Uh, and you know, I'm not required to, to agree with them, right? I remember when we were doing jail ministry, we'd give out Bibles to people. But uh, this one fellow came up, uh, and he, he had a, he had a big study Bible, you know, big thick ones, right? And and uh, he said. Can you help me with something? I said, yeah. He said, he said, I'm reading the Bible. He said, uh, but, you know, this top part's really good, but this bottom part, he said, I don't believe any of that. And I was looking at it, and the top part was the scripture, the bottom part was the commentary, right? And he got some, you know, we don't believe in miracles commentary, right? Bible or whatever. And so he said, it doesn't make any sense, right? And so, and so, you know, you think about it, you just put, you know, if you were never saved, you pull a Bible off, of, off a shelf and you got words everywhere. You don't know which words are, you know, Assume all, you assume all the words are right, right? Uh, and um, it's interesting, somebody's perspective like that, you know. But, um, uh, and so, all, all um, commentaries. And my friend, Brother Randy, keeps trying to get me to write a commentary. And um, I just, it's not in my heart, you know. Maybe, maybe he's praying for me to get it in my heart, you know. But uh, he'll have to have a lot of intercession to get there. Because you know? the Lord says to do it, I'll do it, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, I told him, you know, um, uh, Finnis Dake, anybody have Dake's Bible, right? Anybody know about Dake's Bible? So Finnis Dake was, um, he was just a regular fellow. He got saved and, and the Lord gave him an amazing ability to, mem to memorize scripture. He quoted the entire 
New Testament one time. They, they, they sat him down uh, and, and a radio station said, hey, would you, would you um, quote the whole Bible, the whole New Testament for us on the radio live? And he said, well, yeah, if you do this, 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 I'll do it. You know? So they set him exactly the way he wanted to set up, you know, microphone and a pillow, whatever. And he quoted Matthew 1 to end of, end of Revelation uh, all the way through, right? Uh, and you think about what, what could you do if you had the ability to cross-reference every verse in your mind immediately, right? I mean, it's better than computers because computers can only match exact words, right? But they could exact ideas and phrases and context. And so his, his book is, you know, it's, it's a commentary. And, it, and, you know, it's like anything, all commentaries are not inspired. All words from a commentary are not inspired by God, but a lot of it's good. But a lot of it's good information because he'll come up and say, this is the 14th time this happened in the scripture. It's like, really? How would you know that? But if you can know all the, wor- all the verses in the Bible, that'd be, you could do that, right? And so, uh, but, um, uh, but his wife would say, you know, he'd, I'd send him to the store and get milk and bread. He'd come back with milk. Oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot about the bread. Uh, and so it was a, just a spiritual thing, right? Uh, and so, anyway, he's, he said he spent 100,000 hours on his commentary. And I said, Brother, hey, Brother Randy, I said, if I start today and I work, you know, 40 hours a week, that's 2,000 hours a year, that's 50 years of time. You know, so, he, you know, he had to spend probably 16 or 20 hours a day for decades putting this commentary together, right? And, and uh, he said, well, just start with one book. <laughs> so, I don't know, you know, it's, uh, I, I'll stay in my lane, you know, the Lord wants to change that, that's fine, you know, but... Um, uh, the Lord is good, Amen. So we'll we'll look at that. We're not going to say Paul was was backslidden or anything like that. So, but but I I do think it's helpful just at least as a small side journey uh, to maybe explain why that's not the case from what the Word says, Amen. Uh, and so we'll see if we we look at that. But we won't do that next week. We'll do that two weeks from now, right? So let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we do thank you for Your Word, and Father, we thank you that we have the ability, the capacity, the blessing of heaven to not depend on ourselves, Father, to not trust in our own flesh, to have no confidence in our flesh, Father. But we can, we have the ability, Father, to say with confidence that we can, of our own self, do nothing. Uh, It doesn't matter how intelligent we are, how smart we are, how strong we are, how educated we are. It doesn't matter, Father. Uh, What matters is we know that everything we are comes from you. And, Father, we can depend upon you. And Father, we believe that Jesus is the great example of that, that he had uh, fought the greatest fights and yet he was always successful. And and so, Father, we thank you for that example that you left to us. And Father, we just thank you that uh, as we go forth from, even from this service today, Father, that we'll ponder and meditate and mutter uh, the idea of, Lord, do I trust him in my own self? Where in my life do I trust in myself? Where have I depended upon my abilities instead of your abilities? And Father, as you show those things, uh, we thank you that you will be graceful and kind towards us to help us to change and get out of that and get to a point where we are, are men and women, Father, who depend entirely upon you, that we can say, as Jesus said, that we can of our own self do nothing. And so, Lord, we will do that. We will strive to obtain that blessing and that be in that position. And we thank you for these things, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for our Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Can we of our own self do anything? We can't of our own self do nothing, right? Uh, there's nothing we can do. Now, that's true. Now, what if you don't believe it? It's still true, right? What if you don't act like it? You know, it's still true, right? Oh, I think I can handle it. You really can't do it, you know. You can't do it nearly as well as he can do it, amen? Uh, and so, um, you know, if, you, if any of us here and you, well, you know, I'm from Tennessee, I'll, I won't say anything. I'll just make a note. Uh, but I'll be watching because it's going to be fun to watch, right? <laughs> and so... Uh, but uh, Jerry always likes it when I tell that story because it's, it's, it fits like all the time, right? It's such a great story. It fits with, yeah, here's note to self. Don't do that, right? Uh, and so, well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering and um, appreciate y'all's faithful giving, amen? Is the Lord good to us? Uh, you know, he, he has given us promises in his word that as we give, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give down their bosom. He said that he gives us all things richly to enjoy, Amen. Uh, and um, uh, the Lord desires us to be uh, fully provided for. And uh, uh, he said in Psalm 23, 1, right, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want, right? Uh, he didn't say I shall not need. 
He said, I shall not want, right? And so sometimes we constrict God that you can only help us in dire, need, in dire needs only, not in anything we want. If we want it, then we have to get it of our own strength. Uh, but that's not what the Word says, amen? So I'm going to not trust in myself. I'm going to trust in Him, amen? Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and, and uh, receive the offering. In fact, as Jared's doing that, you know, one time uh, we were, uh, I know I've told this testimony before, but one time we were needing to get some cabinetry work done. And, uh, you know, I knew a guy, right? And so I thought, well, I'll get the guy to do it. And the Lord, he did, you know, he didn't know, know this, but he spoke to me. He said, why don't you believe me to get that done? I'm like, okay, I mean, I had the money to do it. But he said, why don't you believe me to get that done? Uh, and so I said, okay, Lord. I said, I believe that, that uh, beyond my regular income, that I'll have an additional ability to pay for this thing, you know, whatever, that it'll be done basically at no cost to me. Uh, and, um, and that's what you want me to do, so I'm going to believe you to have that done. And so the guy did the work, and uh, he brought the, uh, we have some cabinets redone. And so he brought them back uh, to the house. And I said, what do I owe you? You don't, you, don't, you don't owe me anything. I just wanted to be a blessing to you. Now, we were willing to pay, obviously, right? We didn't, and we didn't go, well, you know, how much do I owe you? You know, it's really hard. To, I know it's going to be expensive, but, you know, uh, you know, we didn't play any games like that at all. I was willing 100% to pay him. But he said, no, no charge at all. Amen. Yeah, and uh, I've had vendors before, uh, you know, say, how much do I owe you? So, you know, uh, or they call me, say, I've got some, got some bad news for you. I, I got your bill. It's not bad news. It's just news, right? It's not bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people think it's bad. Oh, I got the bill. Well, didn't you sign up for that? Well, why is that a bad thing, right? Uh, and so it's never a bad thing for me. It's just a thing, right? Uh, the Lord's provided for us. Amen. I'll be blessed, uh, and we'll see you all on Sunday. Don't forget we have.